Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. Welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. Wow, we quit the commute, didn't we, Seth? Karen, don't drive in anymore. Karen, take the train. Come to my house. Let's hang out, be buds on the train. Sucks. Sucks, Seth. Oh, we just we had a bad experience today, Karen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had a bad experience on the train. What I'm going to do is give you two free passes this weekend to make it up to you. <laughs> to Six Flags. You're getting two free passes to Six Flags Adventure. It Absolutely. Was, it was crazy last week. We ended up driving, and we had beautiful Sherry Botman with us. And we ended up saying, let's just go, 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 get in the car, go, 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 go. And this week, 45-minute delay because something's on the tracks. Uh, yeah, there's a problem with Amtrak, and I'm sorry, okay? It, it happens. It this, happens. this is exactly... We'll see, how we, we'll see how we do getting home. <laughs> this is exactly the reason I drive in, because I don't want to be, like, held hostage you're control to public... You're control free. Yes! Absolutely, when it comes to that. I am absolutely control freak when it comes to that. In the meantime, I have to talk about when I went to your house this morning. So I go to his house, and I say, hey, I need to use your restroom. He has the coolest toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about my toilet seat? His toilet seat has it's like... It's cold and it warms my butt. <laughs> it's, it's a big toilet seat with a little toilet seat on the inside. Mm-hmm. So you can like pull the little toilet seat up or pull the big toilet seat up. You make your decision when you're in there like as to what you want to do. I stood, I stood there and stared at it for a few minutes like, do I want to use this one or do I want to use this one? So I used the regular toilet seat, the regular part, but Seth... Where does a person find such a unique toilet seat? Well, we have a patent pending on it, so um, <laughs> uh, you know. Hopefully, that'll go through soon. Or you can just go to Home Depot <laughs> and pay like twenty bucks. <laughs> and you know, it's really easy for those of you who are technically are, are challenged. It's it's really easy to change a toilet seat. Very very. There's two easy. screws. Two screws, and they're usually plastic. Yes. <laughs> so, but I don't have a screwdriver. Oh, it was crazy. It was really funny. I've never seen that. I have six and a half, almost seven grandchildren. I've never seen a toilet seat that converts into a little toilet seat, like so a convertible seat. You buy them and paint them and they'll be Christmas presents. Oh, my God. What a great gift. Yeah, but then I, then your wife says to me, well, we barely use that little part. And I'm like, oh, that was the fun part. That's the part I use. Well, we're trying. We put our daughter on there, except she's like, okay, I'm ready to get up now because I'm not doing it in this. Oh, she's totally not into I'm not, it. I'm not happy to give me my diaper. I'm oh, there. <laughs> Does she actually say it? I want ba- my diaper. Basically. Oh my god! So that, it's time for a diaper change, Mama. 
<gasps> when you can say that, you can start using yeah, the potty. Yeah, no, she's potty. just stubborn. So, but Alex, how was he? He was was he good? You're five. Three and a half, and they they did it at a at a preschool, oh. like the pre preschool. Like they said he was in like a littler, smaller class. Like, well, he can't be in the other class until he's uh, potty trained, and they actually helped potty train him. Oh, and he finally got to the class he was supposed to be in. Well, I'll say this. Um, honestly, Talia has like her own total and complete personality. <laughs> she does. My daughter. She just turned three. Yeah, she's crazy because um, I'm talking to her and she has this dead pan look on her face. I'm not kidding. She did not crack a smile. She did not winch. I'm like, hi, Talia. What do you want to be for Halloween? Staring at me. Staring at me. I'm like, I want to be... I gotta come here. Come closer. I'll tell you what I want to be. It's a big secret. Staring at me, staring at me like crazy lady. Get the hell away from me. Yeah, she's smart. <laughs> <laughs> she is so so cute. So what else is going on at home front? Anything crazy? Oh, um, Saturday we're hanging out in the house, getting ready to figure out what we're gonna do, and I sneezed, and it felt like somebody shot me in the right side of my lower back. What? Yeah, um, I, something blew, like I blew out a muscle or something when I sneezed. I actually sneezed and fell to the ground. Oh, like my I went, God. I like melted to the ground, and I was, I was in hurt. I was in a lot of pain for a couple of days. I still feel it now a little bit, but it was a couple of days, not good. Would you have to do just lay flat? Uh, yeah, um, I iced it. I heated it. I went to cryotherapy. Do you know what cryotherapy is? I uh, is that thing, cold thing. Yeah, the really cold. Yeah. yeah, three minutes of that I did. I rolled on a lacrosse ball. I went to the Y and sat in the hot tub. Um, I guess it all helped. I mean, I'm feeling better. I'm like, I got out of bed easier, a lot easier today than the other days. But it was really weird. I was like, wow, I'm really old. And one day I'm going to sneeze and just I'm just going to fall on a bo- pile of bones. Yeah. And that'll be it. That, that'll Here be lies it. Seth Nyman. He was a great dad. And then he sneezed and fell into a pile of bones. <laughs> You're getting dead. old, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to get back in, you know. I get back to it and take care of myself. But yeah, but Stop you Stop dipping had. my chocolate in a peanut butter. I was. I was on a roll. And. You know, I could get back on the roll. No, but you Stop had eating rolls. back surgery. Mm. I right? did a back surgery five five years ago. Five yeah. years ago. So that's a bit my biggest fear, just so you know. Everybody knows I work at my night job and it's very, very physical. And mm. I just recently had to go up like three stories on a lift and pull something very, very heavy off a shelf. And I'll be honest with you, my biggest fear is always back. My back is going to, I'm going to pull out my back. And you know those straps they put on great big boxes, like a 160-pound box that says, do not use strap to pull? Everybody uses a damn strap to pull. Cheaters. There is no, can I just say this? If you're a company making a product of any kind that's heavy, please put a strap on your boxes that says, use strap to pull. (laughs) (laughs) Or make the straps to pull. People will love you, and they'll request your products more because you can pull with the strap. Oh, there's another thing I learned from a professional wrestler to help for your back. It's called low back tracks, and it's like a handlebar. You land your back with your knees up, your feet down, and you press uh, into your thighs with this handlebar. It has like these pads. Yeah. And it, it creates space in your vertebrae, which takes I'm going to try that. Really? It's, it's not expensive either. You can try it at my house. I'll yeah. try it at your house. So you lay on your your. Oh, it could help back. your sciatic and stuff too. Yeah, because I have bad sciatica. It's, it's the pressure from the discs. I'm going to do that. I'm going to give it a should. shot. I'll send you the link. Okay, thank If you guys look it up, it's uh, like, like L-O-B-A-K. Oh, wait, you buy this You buy this, adora- this yeah. apparatus. You can't I just use like my curl bar or something at home? You could. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not expensive. It's designed a specific Yeah, but I have way. so much workout equipment. I just want to use my oh, curl bar at home. Right. I and mean, I can't yeah, do okay. it with anything Very else. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I'm sorry. Let's just do Okay, so we'll be right back. We have a great, great guest. Wait until you see her. She's awesome. And she's got a really big brain, a much bigger brain than you and I have. Combined.
<laughs> we'll be back in a moment with our guest. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. Joy Altamir, Chief Engagement and Brand Officer at EHE, the industry leader in health and wellness for over 100 years. 100 years, Seth, holy cow, has an amazing and diverse career thus far. With over 16 years of experience in the marketing field, making her an expert advisor to organizations looking to tackle growth, innovation, and technology challenges. Coming from such brands as L'Oreal, oh, I love that, Verizon, we were just talking about that, Colgate Palmolive, and such agencies as Ogilvy Mather, Gray, and Publicis, Joy knows how to get things done. Joy is a powerful spokeswoman for diversity in business as well as women in business and continues to be a role model for girls looking to take their career to the next level. Do it. It's with extreme pleasure and excitement that we welcome to the One Tough Mother Show a powerful business leader and tough mother, Joy Altamir. And welcome. We're super excited to have you. And I have to mention that you look gorgeous. Holy Thank cow. You. You're in healthcare? <laughs> yes, I'm in healthcare. Oh my gosh, you look like a you looks like she should be in a nightclub, some young I wish cold chick. twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, I <laughs> wish. <laughs> Would have taken a different path, right? Oh my gosh. So so give us some background because like like I said, you're with EHE right. and it's it's a hundred Hundred and five years old, yeah, right? yeah. And it, you don't look like you'd be with the agent. <laughs> I was the first employee <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever, yeah. But no, give us some background. Where'd you come from? Yep. Um, so uh, I'm actually I'm half Jamaican. I think that definitely is part of the skin care. Oh no, no, you can absolutely <laughs> tell. Yeah. yeah, I'm half Jamaican. Um, I came. I grew up in Tennessee, very small town. I went to an all-girls school. I went to college in Boston because I'm not really a Southerner in that way. I didn't really fit in. My dad had this heavy accent. My mom came from San Diego. Who are these people right. living right. in Tennessee? <laughs> in Tennessee. Um, and then he also, my mom brought all her family from California because they fell in love with this little town, Chattanooga. If you've ever been there, it's one of the best towns to grow up in. We didn't lock our door at night. And I grew up with like my family around in the same cul-de-sac, right? My mom and all her sisters and all my aunts. I'm the only child, but I felt like I grew. I felt like I grew up with like all these siblings because oh, I had my cool. cousins, and I think that's definitely like played into why eventually I went through all this other these other crazy careers and but ended up in healthcare. Um, so I moved. I went to college in Boston. I went to BU, go Terriers, um, and then um, I found myself working in advertising. I went to BU initially to be a doctor. Many immigrant. Um, Children's of immigrants will relate to this. You can either be a doctor, a lawyer, or a teacher. Oh, okay. That's the American dream? Yep. Because those are secure jobs. Right. Right. So my dad was like, you could either be a doctor, a lawyer, or a teacher. <laughs> Pick if, one. Right. If I'm going to spend, you know, BU's not cheap. So if I'm going to spend X amount of dollars, you can go to college to be a doctor, lawyer, or teacher. So I went to be a doctor. Um, BU has an emetic program, which basically you kind of get into their medical school at the same time. Still have to do the test, but you start to learn as a freshman some things you would learn in your first year of medical school. Um, and I did all the sciences. And then I realized one summer I was going to take a break and not do science anymore. And I interned in advertising at an agency called Ingalls, which no longer exists anymore. But I started to work on TJ Maxx, the first account that I ever worked on. And that was when they were transitioning. People listening may not remember, but TJ Maxx used to be a messy store. Yes. Messy experience. No one went there. I went there growing up. 
it was in strip malls. Oh my god, Joy, yeah. you're so right. I forgot it was horrible. about that. You know, I I used to get anxiety going in yep. there because I couldn't find. It was anything. like the early Target days uh-huh, too were uh-huh. horrible. Yes. And so I remember my first day, they were like, "We're we're going to change the image of TJ Maxx," and that's when I started to fall in love with advertising and marketing and how you can change a concept or change a product, and you have whole new, uh, an entire new group of people who will be attracted to it. So that's how I kind of started. I started it in advertising. I did that for a long time, worked a lot in lifestyle. Um, I worked on the tooth campaign, which was my really first job um, at Arnold in Boston. And the tooth campaign, I don't know if you're familiar, but the American Legacy Foundation um, basically won the lawsuit where all this money from all the um, the Philip Morrises of the world had to pay. And that was my first job. And I learned so much on that job. I worked so hard. I was sleeping under my desk many nights because we were just we were re- we were re- we were inventing something. Right. They never had, um, you know, a company or I guess a, a public entity. Now you have to make advertising against an established brand like cigarettes. Right. That was great. I remember that. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah, and so I did that. That was my first job, and I just continued to work my way up the ladder on the agency side, um, and found myself at the end the head of. Of a, a, a WPP agency, one of their smaller agencies, I was a head of client services for them. And I was working on selling cars, spirits, <laughs> everything unhealthy. Everything Drive fast, <laughs> drink a lot. Um, I was, but not at the same not time. Not at the same time. Yeah. I was selling, um, I shouldn't say their brand, but I was selling fast food. I was selling everything that I would now be like, don't necessarily do or do in moderation. But that's how I learned. That's where I got my literally the chops that I have now, which is how to really understand consumer behavior, fall in love with the dynamic of changing it, and then predicting how you can do it in the future. I love that story because I also, I came from advertising 20, 25 years. I was in the bodybuilding sports nutrition industry. And same thing as you. Like, you learn so much stuff. You're doing everything. right. And every time, like, I have a bunch of millennials on my team now, they're like, this is so exciting. I'm like, yeah, this is what we were doing 10 years, 15 years ago, but it was called direct response. Right. <laughs> you call it digital now, but we were doing direct response. Right. Same same thing, but yeah, yeah, it's exciting. I podcast well, that used to be radio. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. We just have a new brand for it. Right, it's yeah. just a new name. Yep, new name. So that's, how did you get to EH? E. Yeah. EHE was interesting because so um, I found myself in this advertising world. Advertising was changing for me. I wasn't as uh, in love with it as I was in the beginning because it became very siloed. Agencies were either just buying or creating or strategizing. And I love the idea of all three. So I went to the corporate side, worked at Conde for a while, and then found myself in a startup. Right. I worked at Equinox actually for a couple of years, and then I found myself in a startup. Um, and the start, this particular startup specialized in additive manufacturing, basically taking an old way of doing orthotics and using technology to streamline it, make it more accessible, so creating them in an hour versus three months. And they're expensive. I, I got yeah. a pair of those years ago. Yeah. And it was like 500 bucks. Oh, I have them too. Yeah, yeah Most people actually need them. And they, they didn't help me though. Yeah. I, my problem was. Well, you have to continue to go to the orthopedist, right? <sighs> so most people don't, or the podiatrist. Um, so we created something that you could do direct to consumer. You can work with a podiatrist. Essentially, it was a third of the price and half of the time, a tenth of the time, it would be delivered to you. Wow. But that was my first entry into healthcare, talking to podiatrists about what they were seeing. Um, and so that business was really successful from an IP perspective, sold to a large apparel, uh, fitness apparel company. And then I found myself in the situation of what do I want to do? was freelancing a little bit. 
Um, and then a friend of mine who had worked with at Equinox was actually working at EHE. So when I went in to interview with the CEO, he mentioned him. And I really trusted this guy and really thought he, he and I um, had a, have a great working relationship, respect, mutual respect. At the same time, my father had a stroke. Oh. And my father, similar to you, had a background in bodybuilding, was a triathlete. I was a, uh, I was a not professional, but I was a competitive swimmer my whole life. So my, it was me and my dad. People all over Chattanooga would see Joy and her dad running, biking, swimming. That's how I grew oh, up. So, oh, your dad was a professional athlete. My dad, he wasn't a professional athlete, but he was uh, he was doing triathlons oh, okay. every month. Every, fitness every, enthusiast. He was a fitness enthusiast. Um, my cousins are professional athletes, so we can talk about them later. But um, <laughs> my dad, he just he was the type of man that I grew up. If you have a headache, what's wrong? Versus taking a Tylenol, like if you or you know an aspirin. If you have a back pain, well, what did you do? That, did you stretch? So that's how I grew up. And then when he had a stroke, it like turned my world upside down. And I always feel like things happen for a reason. I was contemplating EHE or another lifestyle job. And when he had his stroke and I immediately flew down to Tennessee, I was thrusted in this world that I had no knowledge of how to navigate. And I felt at that moment like, how have I lived over 30 years and I have no clue how healthcare works? I have no clue how the doctor and nurses, what are they looking at? How are they making decisions? What are my rights? All of these things that you know, you know how to shop for a vacation, you know how to shop for a pair of jeans, but like you don't know how to shop for healthcare. You don't know how to navigate it. And I, I truly believe, believe things happen for a reason. So in that moment, a, I decided I'm gonna start. I'm gonna work for EAG. and I was literally, it was like the other job was in front for a long time. Um, so that's literally how I got there. My father had a stroke. The EHG family really surrounded me as well with support, second, third opinions, because it's a bunch of doctors. We have, we have all board-certified doctors. Um, and really walk me through like how to navigate it um, from a problem-solution perspective. What a great lesson. Yeah. Because you know what? my A friend of ours just came down with breast cancer, and um, she was like, well, this was what they told me we're going to do, and we're going to do this. And we're like, no, right. dude, you need to get like, opinions, a second, opinions, opinions, a third opinions. Opinion. Every doctor will tell you, get a second or third opinion. Right. Because that's just their perspective based off of what they're seeing. Um, but other people may have other perspectives and you know your body right. at the end of the day. You know what your mind is telling you like this doesn't make sense. Should I do it? Should I not do it? Um, but for me that was like oh my goodness I need to actually educate myself and why Why is it so hard to educate myself? Why has the process of healthcare been so kind of It's overwhelming and scary overwhelming for everybody. And, yeah. and when you should know it is when you're not sick. Right. You should understand more about it when you're not sick. So, so you're that, not blindsided. So you're not blindsided. Yeah. And that's why prevention to me was so much more attractive. I don't think I could possibly see myself working in like some of these large institutions where they're problem solution, pre-cancer or diabetes. I really love prevention because A, I believe in it. But B, I also feel like that's when you have the moment. It's like when you're when you're studying for a test, the night before is not the time. Really, it's like a week or so before where you can be relaxed and absorb the information. And that's really the root of prevention. So explain to us what you do at EAG. Yeah. So I have a crazy title, Chief Engagement and Brand Officer, which essentially is a chief marketing and revenue officer. Um, my job is to really think about what the user or the patient in our in our world, what they're experiencing and how can EAG organically, EAG organically fit into that. Um, my job is not to preach to people. Um, my job is to make sure their brand presents itself as your partner through your healthcare journey. Um, and so we do um, a lot of different tactics, a lot of tactics that I've done in lifestyle, 
right? A life, how do I attract someone to a brand is the same as how do I attract someone to the brand of healthcare. Right. How do my 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 goal and if I'm successful, I will have consumerized healthcare. I will have made it easy to understand how healthcare works, just like it's easy to understand which orange juice you want to buy when you go to the grocery store. So I have a team of um, analytics, right? Analytical people because we're data driven, just like our product is evidence based. Our our approach is evidence based. We we have the customer tell us what they want to hear from us. So I work really closely with data analysts who sit on my team. I have a, di- a director of demand. So typically you'd find those in like retail companies. I have a person who understands marketing via the cha- the email channel. Um, she sits on my team with uh, some marketing operational folks. And then I am building an in-house creative team. So taking the roots of advertising back home, right? Bringing that in-house so that we can be more creative in the way we talk to people. So many companies are doing that, Joy. Yeah. So many companies are going, oops, we screwed up. Let's bring it all back in-house yeah. because nobody knows your brand better than you. And you move too fast, right? By the right. time you tell someone outside of your organization what you think you want them to do, if the consumers change. Right, exactly. Yeah. This is like a dream job for you, right? It's like you get to kind of run your own show a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I have a lot of good help. So our CEO is amazing. He's been in healthcare for, I don't want to say his age, but he's been in healthcare for a long time. And he is the type of CEO you want. He's a visionary, and then he just removes barriers so that you can do your job. That's awesome. Right? That's a great definition yeah. of yeah. what a CEO should <laughs> that be. should be. Amazing. What wow. a president perhaps should be, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, all, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so yeah. That's really great. So tell people, how do people benefit from EHE? So the great thing about EHE is that most people, most employers fought for the Affordable Care Act, which means that the first dollar spent toward prevention, the patient doesn't pay for. So we work really closely with those employers that really believe in this ideal of creating a culture of health. They really want their employees to not only feel like they are employed there, but that there's an investment in their health for them to, even after they leave or even when they retire, to be able to bend down and play with your grandkids, to be able to go on a walking, you know, three-month tour around the world to really benefit from the fruits of your labor while you're working there and then after. So a lot of people on our team, mostly in what we call client success, work with creating this relationship with those customers. Um, and then we work with them to make sure that the benefit is translated. So it's usually during open enrollment, every time you get the benefits package, we're in that. Um, we usually work with employers to make sure that we stand out. So if there's some sort of incentive they're giving, we're top of mind. And then we talk to patients in a very um, organic, we call it permission given way. So you opt into something because you want to know more about how to eat better or how to move better. Um, our business has been around is um, built around three pillars of around how you eat, how you think, how you move. We believe everybody really those are the components of well-being. Um, but it's more about why are you doing it. So we really talk to people about the motivation behind behavior. Is there an additional cost to the consumer? Like I'm say say my employer says you know okay I get my benefits because I have an, a pretty good benefit package. And um, I want to be involved with EHE. Like, how do do I have to pay that? The great thing is that it's free, right? So because of the Affordable Care Act, there's no cost to the employee. The employer employer. assumes the cost. It's it's run just like any sort of insurance, right? There are some of our partners, our customer partners, that really think this is a valuable program. So they want you to have some skin in the game. So they ask employers to pay a very nominal fee, less than a couple hundred bucks, to participate. But in general, it's really at no cost to the employer. Um, I'm okay with the skin in the game because we see those people come more often. Right. right. 
How is it? Has it changed your life? Um, you said how you how you eat, how you think, how you move. Have, have you? What have you learned, or have you, or yeah. you already had that kind of mindset going in? Well, I think because I was an athlete my whole life, I kind of already had that. I think you know, being pregnant changes everything, though. And I turned forty last year, so that changed a lot for me, just mentally how I'm how I'm how I'm preparing for life. I just had my exam actually a couple of weeks ago, and on paper I look great. Um, I'm healthy. I'm in the right, you know benchmarks of everything that I should be, where I should be. But the doctor said to me, I feel like based off of our assessment, so we do a really in-depth assessment around how are you thinking? Like, are you, do you have anxiety? But we don't ask those questions. It's actually just creative ways of figuring out if you're depressed or have anxiety or you, you have over, you're overwhelmed. And she said, you know, looking at your score, you are creeping into this area of where we would be concerned if you continue to exhibit anxiety, right? So are you she asked me a couple of questions like, are you short of breath when you're walking into a certain meeting or et cetera? And she, you know, she was right. I do, as I've gotten older, the way that I coped with pressure is different the way that I cope with it now because I have a lot more of it and it's very different. I'm worried about, you know, my parents. I'm also worried about my daughter. I'm also worried about my husband versus 20 years ago, I was just worried about myself, right? right. So it was interesting because I saw we this re-engineered product that we worked on for a year actually in play. And this is when she started asking me, well, what do I do to cope with it? And historically, I would just go for a run, but I don't have that luxury anymore. So I hadn't really found an out for me because I can't work out at, I don't have the freedom to work out whenever I want anymore. I try to work out in the morning. So it's definitely affected me from that instance. And what I found is now I have not to plug a, a, an app, but I use Talkspace now. So I've been using that for the last couple of weeks. Mm. It helps me wind down in the middle of the day because I don't really have a problem sleeping. But during the day when I'm going back to back to back in meetings, and then I'm also thinking about when is my daughter getting out of school? Is she eating when she gets home? Does my husband have something to eat? All that stuff. It's like I was coping with anxiety, but it can manifest itself differently in a couple of years. I could develop something if I don't really deal with it. So I use it actually in the middle of the day. I have... Um, half an hour blocked out on my calendar where I just actually do a self-meditation through Talkspace. That is, a, you know, everybody's been talking about Talkspace and it's an amazing, yeah. amazing I need to get app. That. It's really good. Talkspace or Calm, any of them. I use, I use Calm sometimes when I, I'm a great sleeper, but if I can't sleep, I use that a little bit. But Talkspace just helps me kind of talk through, like, am I anxious about this board meeting that I'm going right, into? Right, or right. do I have to have a tough conversation with someone on my team? Do I get anxious about it? So, and you're at the top level, and, and let me just say this right off the bat: I appreciate you saying all this because Thanks. people think that people at the top, oh man, they made it! Holy cow, they got everything! Whoa, they got yeah. it! Oh, they got you know people just serving them, and they're there. <laughs> they don't understand the yeah. pressure. Yeah. I mean, you have pressure every day of your family, mm -hmm. your 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 mom and your dad. They're yeah. not they're not here. Nope. They're in Tennessee. Exactly. You're worried about what's going on with them. Your daughter, she's growing, she's young, and you know you, you always worry about your kids. I don't care if your kid is four. Or forty right. or four hundred, right. they're your kid exactly. And in your head, you just can't divide that in your mind just because the airs have come through. Right. And your husband and your job. I mean, there's so much and stress your in life. Yes, right. Like that's the piece yes. that we can't forget about. We have our own personal relationships with people that we're not responsible for, and those are important to maintain. So you get stressed a little bit about: Am I doing enough? Am I being a good friend? Right. All of those things. Yeah. And it's it's it, you're on you're on. 24 7 365 text 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 email email phone 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 exactly i mean there is no downtime like there used to be i think the, 
I think that that could be the case. I personally, when I come into the home, and so when I get into my apartment, everyone on my team knows that when I leave the office, which is usually between 5.30 and 6, I have 30 minutes I get home. If I didn't answer you on something, we can talk in those 30 minutes. But as soon as I get home at 6.30, I'm off. Good. So the phone goes in the foyer. I don't even see it. No, no one's going to die, right? No one's going to die. Yeah. Hopefully. Not because, <laughs> yeah, of, not because yeah, of me. Right. Um, and I give everyone my home phone number. I know I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm Gen Y, so I still have a house phone. <laughs> I give everyone my home phone number because I, I feel like that causes them to pause. Is this worth mm. me calling her house phone? Because people will text you so quickly. Instantly. Where where oh. where's my shoe? My husband. Where's my shoes? My team. I can't find that email. Can you resend it? They just will text you and they almost like do it in a way to say, Oh, I text you or I emailed you and now it's on you. So I tell them, uh, here's my home number. It's two it's a two one two number, so easy for you to remember. If there's an emergency, because sometimes they don't leave until eight o'clock, you can call me and I'll answer the question. If it's not an emergency, can't wait till tomorrow, I'm in around eight thirty, we can talk then. Right. More and more that has helped me to disconnect, right? Mm. So when I go in, this is time I spend with my family. I'm having dinner. We're reading books. We're having family time. Then everyone goes to bed. Then maybe I'll check my email a little bit. Right. But it's not guaranteed. My CEO is the only person that, you know, if I have to get on the phone, I will. But for the most part, people respect that. Joy, what about social media? Like, are you caught up in the social yeah, media game? I mean, sometimes you get... We're, a, marketers. <laughs> we're marketers. I mean, we're interested right. in that. We watch it. We read it. We and look I'm curious. At it. Exactly. Right. I'm a naturally I mean. curious person. Yeah. Um, I love Instagram. I think it's a great way to quickly just get a bite on what's going on. Right. I use it, through, but I try to use it only when I'm in transit, right? So... On the way to work, I'm looking at my feed to see what happened. On the way back home from work, I'm looking through my feed to see what happens. The only time I've ever made like a huge mistake is like a Sunday when it's like super quiet. And you're like, let's just see what's going on. And then you look up and it's like the kids had a nap for two hours and you were on Instagram for two yeah. hours. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, that was a waste of time. Right. But I love Instagram. I love, you know what? I love seeing what all these other people are doing, especially the younger generations who are finding out things and sharing it. I think it's such an important tool for us to actually have um, to drive culture, to drive behavior, to drive interest. So, yeah, I love Instagram. Facebook I use mostly f- to post for my parents. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's calming Instagram to yeah. me because there's things like I, I'm very into the oceans and I'm, very, yeah. and I'm hooked up to some of the world-renowned photographers, under, under-ocean photographers. Very cool. Very cool people. And so I'll watch their stuff and make comments and they'll call my back. Come on over. You know, yeah. we'll take you down. We'll let you look at it because I love to dive. And I just very calming yeah. to look at the pictures and see different worlds. And well, see that's what how you're are relaxing then. Yeah. That's your restore. You don't my, have to sleep. Yeah. That's your restore. That is my restore yeah. piece. Yeah, I do that a lot. Like I, I love looking at the oceans and things going on in the ocean. Yeah. So. My last name means high seas. So my husband loves the ocean too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Altamari, high seas. High seas. Yeah. <laughs> what does your husband do? For he, you? he works in a completely different field, finance. He's a completely boring. different so boring. boring. And oh he's my God. and he's older than me. He's oh, very, so boring. very boring. Very <laughs> boring. Yeah. Joy. Oh, I'm so sorry. Because you know, you and I coming from nurse world, I used to well, go just, past the accounting yeah. office and go, Oh my mom's an accountant too. <laughs> like I'm surrounded by it. It's my mom's an accountant. <laughs> he's in finance. Like, Stop. Just because their job is boring doesn't mean they're boring. No, he's yeah, boring. They're boring. What? Yeah. Hopefully boring people have boring jobs. I want too. him to listen to this, but hopefully not. No, he's boring. And our anniversary was yesterday. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Oh, Eight years. Did he remember? He remembered. 
Because you know what? Your life is a fast yes. pace. And I never forget. I always remember, but Facebook reminded me on the oh, way into work. No. Facebook reminded you? I know, thanks, I'm a thanks, bad Mr. wife. Zuckerberg. I'm a bad wife. But no, it was fine. We had a good time. I mean, we had it's a Tuesday anniversary. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. yeah. But that's great. So so tell us, like, with the health and wellness, and it's really important to me because I came, like I said, yeah. from the sports nutrition industry. I live, breathe, and eat this for twenty five years. We know we're we're athletes. We mm-hmm. know that we work out. We know that well, you sleep well. I don't sleep well, but we know that we work out. We know that we sleep well. We know that we watch what we put in our to, into our bodies. Did we always know? Yeah. But now education is everywhere. Now you should know. Did I know when I was twenty smoking was a bad thing? Nah. No, I had no clue. Not how ca- bad. You didn't, you didn't care. Not how no, bad. No, I did not care. Yeah. No, how bad is yeah. right. I more. I think more about when you're younger, yeah. you just don't care. You just don't care. Yeah. yeah. But now you, as you get older, you start to realize, oh, my God, you know, you've got to watch what you put into your body. You've got to watch yep. what you're putting on your skin. Well, we understand the correlation now. Right. As you get, So I think as you get younger, you don't see the effects quicker, so you don't understand the correlation. You know smoking's bad. You know that people say, oh, it's not really good for you. But- I don't see the effects. Back yet. in the day, though, yeah. the commercials, everybody smoked oh, on it was TV. A it was no big deal. It was That's a the way it went. Everyone, yeah. even now, the commercial, the one commercial that you see about smoking, it's a lifestyle, right? The one that's not anti-smoking. But I think what's happening now is that people can quickly see the correlation. There's right. the way that we, um, you asked about social. So the way that the reason why social is so attractive is it f- provides visuals to information and most of us are visual yes. and we try to do that at EEG too we use a lot of infographics to describe information so if you went to our Instagram right now you would see visuals around one in every two people experience XYZ we want people to be able to understand the correlation between an activity and how they feel so did you eat XYZ today it doesn't mean that that's bad it just means this is how you're going to feel and so when you feel that be cognizant of it and then do this, right? Right. Don't mm. don't beat yourself up. What we say a lot is we talk to a lot of people, consultants who travel four days out of the week. They're traveling 20, 18 to 20 days out of the month. We know there's a correlation with that activity and depression. So are you feeling this? Right. That's that's a normal reaction. So right. don't panic. Don't beat yourself don't up. Don't beat over, yourself right. up. And then don't self-medicate. Right. Maybe don't have that second bourbon when you're traveling to Chicago. Maybe pick a hotel closer to where you have to work so you can get the steps in versus saying, oh, I didn't work out that morning. Right. Understand the correlation of how you feel with what you did. So then you can have a plan, an action plan that reduces the stress, reduces the guilt, and you can continue on the path toward success. Yeah, because a picture's worth a thousand words, and it's been said always, always, over and over, and you know coming from the marketing background, people will stop for that extra second to look at a picture. And so if you keep it short and sweet, they're gonna they're really gonna enjoy what they say. One of the things that we do at EJ is we really started to look at persona work versus just demographic segmentation. So to your point, people love visuals. So most people would say, Oh, baby boomers, they don't like Instagram, they don't like YouTube. In fact, they actually sixty eight percent of them prefer YouTube over anything because of like the videos and they right. have more patience to watch a thirty second video than a ten second clip on Instagram. Hmm. So what we do is we think about, okay, how do we leverage that channel of YouTube to educate them on the benefits of prevention to get them into the funnel? It's all, all of it works. You just have to 
think of the person you're trying to talk to and think of what will motivate them. Right. I think the um, the whole thing, too, is they're, they're using celebrity not as much, but when they do use it, they use it in the right way. I like and I identify with people that are regular people in, show, in ads. Like, I will watch the ad if I think, oh, that's just a regular person yeah, talking. Yeah, if they look like me. Yeah, right. they're interesting. I love the Michael Phelps ad. Yeah. I mean, that blew my mind. Yeah. I it, I never watched television because it was my industry, so I just, like, stay away yeah. from it. But um, I was walking through the room and it was on and my mom was watching TV and I stopped and I looked. I thought, oh my God, that, bam. Yeah. Right between the eyes. Well, it was real. It was real. It was his story. We know him, right? But right. then it, it humanized him a little bit. And he's had a volatile career. Right. And he wasn't he afraid to come out and talk about it. Right. He made mistakes as a teenager. Right. He made mistakes as a young adult. But now he's a married family man, Olympia, Olympian. Right. Now let's see how he's, made that journey after even you know right. and he's he's what i love about his story is that he's giving back yes. in a way that's authentic to him that's oh, not so something totally. that's different well, like you said about your, your rise in your career and the pressure like it, people feel pressure yeah and the higher the bigger the spotlight the more pressure you're gonna feel and i think he's demonstrated how that pressure can compound itself and then you make bad decisions but then how you can have better resources and make better decisions when the pressure comes up again right. you know like he's just he's a great he's a great testament to basically asking for help and also, you need you know, it. like you said before don't don't beat yourself up over the mistakes yeah. you make either it's like you know he didn't kill anybody nope he did, he just you know did some illegal stuff but <laughs> yeah i love him i actually like the nike stuff too i know there's a lot of controversy around it but one of the favorite one of my favorite things right now is watching how nike is being very timely yeah like it used to be like oh this is we're just going to talk about our brand but i love how they're kind of stepping up to the plate and saying we're going to talk about what's happening um, in the world and we're going to talk about how that's affecting our business but in the way that it's affecting the people that we serve which are the people who purchase stuff from us right i love their new campaign i love i know a lot of people have you know it, it could be divisive to some people but i just think that they didn't have to do that they could have just sat quietly and continued to just do what they were doing but from a business perspective forget about how you feel about like you said yeah. it's controversial it did really well. It did. So this <laughs> they is knew the what thing. they were doing. So yeah. Yeah. we do know that they're an established company that did a lot of research and they kind of, they didn't just roll the dice, right? So, and I think that's the lesson for all of us as marketers. Do a lot of A-B testing, understand your audience. They, they they did work from a financial perspective for them because what we found is that in this country, a lot of people still believe in the idea of freedom of speech. Right, <laughs> right, right. Right, so at the core, even if you don't, agree with what's happening you know i went to see the jets this weekend had great seats i posted well, and they kicked ass they too they did really i mm -hmm. think it's because i was there within Probably. the first two minutes <laughs> just saying in the first two minutes they scored a touchdown i was like what um but i got a lot of like feedback from my friends on social because i posted it and a lot of my friends who look like me are protesting the nfl still right now i didn't as knowledgeable and as conscious as I am, I didn't even think about it when I posted it. I just was saying, hey, all the moms went out to watch football. Isn't this awesome? But I recognize that that it's that, that freedom of speech is a dialogue is, is a is a is a narrative in our country right now. So I get it. But um I Did was anyone a, unfriend you? No, people didn't unfriend <laughs> me because they know that where, where my heart is. But it was just interesting how like, you know, every five comments would be like, you know, I stand with with uh with uh with uh I stand with Kilpatrick, and I was like, of course, I, I do too, but I'm Copernicus, but I do too, but I still wanted to have a night out with my girls to watch yeah. some football and hear some people, like, knock each other off. So, like, you <laughs> know, that's what I wanted to do. Um, but it is, I think that's just, you know, Nike tapped into that insight right now that 
there's even if this is going to be controversial, people still believe in the freedom of speech. Right. So we're going to probably win if we do this. Right. Right. Um, That's that they, was a great idea. Th- they did. Yeah. yeah. They did well. well I want to ask you, um, being in the industry you're in, do you feel like I feel like in the last several years it's all been about gut health. Is that something? You, is that something you guys focus on? And that, what have you it's learned about question. that? Yeah, wow. it's a really good question. Um, so gut health is huge. Um, we have a whole pillar under our medical protocol around um, irritable bowel syndrome, gut health. All of, gut health and vitamin D are probably the two big things we get right now. But we know as a marketer that that's all been driven from marketing and not to bash anyone, but the pharmaceutical companies are actually helping to elevate those narratives. If you're asking, like, is it a real thing? Of course it is. We have people who um, we see that um, have major issues. Most of it, though, not most of it, but some of it is contributed to how they're thinking and how they hold their anxiety. Stress. Yes, stress. So I personally... um, I had a baby late in life, part of, and I, I'm super open, so I had a couple miscarriages through that process. As I was seeing, you know, my my OBGYN, she was telling me all the medical stuff, you're fine, you should be fine, blah, blah, blah. But then I personally went to an acupuncturist. I believe in that. It's definitely helped me when I was a swimmer to just stay level. And she talked about gut health. She basically was like, you are holding your stress there, and it's contributing to how food digests through your body, which can cause more toxins to build up. And she was right at the end of the day. So, How did you fix that? Acupuncture twice a week for six months. And then I have a healthy baby girl four years later. But it, wow. it, it, but I also help with just like my digestion and all of it. So we talk to patients not only about, okay, we see that you're having these issues. If it's not a re- highly clinical issue um, that requires any medication, we talk to them about, okay, then let's change your lifestyle. Let's change your behavior. Maybe you're eating the wrong things. Maybe you can't digest this. Maybe the diet you're on is not easy for you to digest. Um, there's there's a lot of things. Probiotics, though, if you do have gut health issues, is a is a is a a plus. Is it uh, fair to say that you take more a holistic approach? We take a def- we definitely take a holistic approach, but it doesn't negate the medical side of our business. Um, our doctors, all of them, are board certified. We just complement that or supplement that with the um, American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Um, uh, courses. We ask all our doctors, most of them are internists or family medicine, or some of them are primary care f- physicians. We ask them to also understand the ACLM mandates because we think that that's super important in treating the patient. Um, one is just answering the medical issues. The other is treating their mind and their body. So you believe in acupuncture, um, in yep. kinesiology, and different things that yep. can be very beneficial. And you've I personally do. I personally do. At EHE, we go through a very robust um, process of evaluating, is this better for, is this good for 80%, right? So we wouldn't put something on our protocol that we don't think is attractive to 80% of the population of the patients that we see. So that, but that's an ongoing evaluation because things come up all the time. And we I was wanna, just going to say everything changes. And we want to be timely. We don't, we are 105 years old, but we want, don't want to feel like we're 105 right. years old. Yeah. So how do people, like, how do our listeners know how to get involved in EHE? For sure. So you can definitely go to our website. It's ehe.health, or you can just Google "engaging healthy employees," which is what we stand for. Um, if you, if that's how you can find it organically. You can also go to your HR benefits person at your company and ask them, "Do we have the EHE benefit?" Um, that is the easiest way to find out because ninety nine percent of the time you do, um, but they don't really talk about it as much as we would like for them to. So they will bring it out for you. Um, but the easiest is go to ehe.health or go to our Instagram, which is the same name, at ehehealth, and you'll find out more information. What do you see about the slide in the United States or just in the country? And it's, and it's the 
the way that they're going about foods and the way that they're moving in the food industry. Of course, Whole Foods is huge. Yep. Everybody's stepping into the game with all this holistic stuff. What do you see health-wise in, in your network? I f- uh, do you mean like for the future? Yes, or? for the future. Yeah. Um, I see the consumer driving more and more of the of the decisions and driving where the industry goes. I think you said this earlier, we are more educated. We have so much more access to information. So, you know, we know that health that Whole Foods is now partnered with Amazon. So we know that there's something going on there. We know that Amazon is also trying to get into preventive health with Berkshire Hathaway. So I think the consumer is more savvy about these connections and asking more questions. Well, why are you doing this? And how does that affect me? And um, you know, is this safe to eat, safe to do? I see more of that happening in the future. I think what we'll see in the next two to three years is a higher demand on quality of care. I think in general, people will want to make sure that they're getting the best advice that they can get and that they are being heard, that it's personalized. Quality will no longer mean, are you certified? It'll be, is this personalized for me? And was it effective? And I think the third trend trend that we'll see, prevention definitely will become more and more of a specialty. Yeah, People are no longer trying to do problem solution or I think, you know, you've heard this phrase, sick care is kind of what healthcare is. More and more people are going to be demanding to know what can I do today to prevent this happening five years from now? What can I do today to make sure that I'm solid, holistically well? Five years from now. And I think there's such an opportunity for you and for EAG because people, healthcare costs a bazillion dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people in this country that don't have healthcare sure. and their children don't have healthcare. And if you could take a holistic approach to it and you can learn these things like how to eat better, mm-hmm. how to sleep better, like there's certain things that you can do. You have to take, be proactive in your own health. Yep. You have, again, it goes, we're going full circle now because we don't believe that we're dictating to you how you should manage your healthcare. We partner with you. Right. So we give you the tools, the assets, the information. More and more, I think people People, regardless of social economic backgrounds, will be attracted to that because if you can make better food choices within your financial uh, capabilities, that's all you need to do. If you can make better lifestyle choices based off of where you are financially, that's all you really need to do. Right, right, right. What were you going to ask, Seth? I was going to say um, you you did it. You told us you did it firsthand. Yeah. Like you, you know all these things. So you know. That's 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 really cool. And she's just a girl from Tennessee. I'm from Tennessee, Chattanooga. <laughs> Chattanooga. <laughs> that's one yeah. of the best named uh, cities. Ever. I, I love know. It too. If you can sell it, then you all. I'm like, if you can sell it, I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> uh, 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 it's afraid. okay. Yeah. Google. 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 C H A T A N O O G A. That's perfect. Oh my that's gosh! A dollar. I owe you Yay. a dollar. Good Deal. job. <laughs> So, so thank you so much, no, Joy. Thank you Before so we go, much. let's talk about your life lesson. Okay, okay? for sure. You're a girl from Tennessee, Chattanooga. Yeah. You're up <laughs> in New York. You're you're running one of the biggest. You're one of the biggest companies that there are. A hundred year old company, actually. And what is the life lesson that you have coming out of this? Like, if you're talking to your sister who's mm-hmm. 25, what are you telling her? I'm telling her, uh, you know to forgive herself the mistakes that she makes, right? Mistakes are just opportunities to learn an ultimate life lesson. And that took me 40 years to get to. Um, I think I grew up very um, ambitious. I'm the only child. So my parents invested everything in me. And I felt this sense of urgency to get everything done 
correctly right and that there was only one path so the lesson that i've learned is you can't be a bull in a china shop when it comes to life you really have to understand that it ebbs and flows and there's moments when you're on top and there's moments when you're on the bottom and there's a lesson at both times um, you make choices and you have to be confident in those choices and stand by them but be open to receive the lesson as you go through it that is ultimately like i think the piece that i am in today that I'm going to make mistakes. That's part of life. It is. But right. don't beat yourself up. Um, find yourself a nice tribe of both men and women yes. who can support you because you're going to need it. And then you're going to need to give it back. I said this to my husband when we got married. I was like, you know, they keep saying it's 50 50, but it really isn't. It's probably more like 60 40. And at times it may be 90 10. But the But the best part of it is that sometimes you'll be 90 and I'll be 10. And sometimes I'll be 90 and you'll be 10. Right. It'll have to flow like that because we're human beings and we can't, it can never be 50-50. And you're both riding a different train. Yeah. I mean, in all marriages and all life and all relationships, you're not on the same train. Nope. You're not on the farm. You're not bailing the hay. <laughs> exactly. You're not milking the cows and that's your everyday life and the kids are coming out and right. taking the buckets in the house. Exactly. Okay? You're on a different career path. He's on a different career path. And that's in most relationships now in this country. And you have to understand, you're right, it's going to be 10, 90 at some point. And it's going to be 30, 60 at some point or 30, 30, 70 at some point. But you have to be able to go with the flow and stop throwing in the towel the minute it gets hard. And that's relationships, I think, in general. Your friendships, your relationships with your parents. You know, I you grow up in your twenties and you think your parents will never die. Right. And then some of your friends, they have deaths in their pa- in their families and you realize, oh wait, my parents are getting old. Right. And then they become the child. Like this is just the nature of relationships. So the lesson for me through life, especially moving forward, is that forgive yourself for the, for the mistakes and then surround yourself with some truth tellers, some truth seekers. You need those friends who are gonna be the mirror in your face, but also support you. Wow, you're a shining light. I'm super, super psyched oh, that you're thanks. on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. This is the most fun I've had in a long time. Oh, wow. He must be boring. <laughs> oh, that's so Whoa, I got her. Oh, that was good. And so where can people reach out to you? Yeah, you can find me at Joy Altamari. Um, that's my handle on everything. Or you can email, email me at joyaltamari at ehe.health. Oh, and I said Ultimere, so I'm sorry, Ultimari. It's okay. Yeah. Okay, and um, Instagram? Instagram, all of it, at Joy Altamari. Excellent. Yeah. Have a great day, Joy. Thanks, guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back. And... Seth's here, and he's got his. Now he's happy this week because he gets to do headlines and headaches. Weed, weed. Let's talk about weed. Let's talk about weed, baby. Walmart is the first major retailer to show an interest in being part of Canada's burgeoning marijuana industry, as other biggest companies, mainly in the alcohol and beverage industries, begin to consider entering the market for cannabis-infused products. Oh, my God. They're going to make those cannabis drinks now and stuff. Yeah, People yeah. are going to turn into zombies, walk in the streets, yeah. and it's the end of civilization as we know it. Yep. I'm not against weed, like, straight up for good, healthy uses, right. usage, but if they're going to start mixing and mat, they're going to start, like, really... They put it in dog bones already to calm your dog down, cannabis, CB, CBD, CBD or whatever. He said he cured his dog's cancer with cannabis oil. Yeah, CBD. They put yeah. it in dog bones for dogs that get anxiety, separation anxiety, or storms, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Last month, Coca-Cola said it was closely watching the marijuana drinks market for possible entry. 
while Corona beer maker Constellation Brands has invested more than $4 billion in cannabis producer Canopy Growth. Yep. Wow, they hit the jackpot. Yep. We're sitting here doing this show. We could have been growing weed the whole time. I actually invested in weed fields. Yeah, great. Thanks for giving me the tip. Walmart Canada has done some preliminary fact-finding on this issue, but we do not have plans to carry CBD products at this time. Walmart spokeswoman Diane Medeiros told Reuters. Ro- Reuters. How do you say Reuters? Reuters. Reuters. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hate that word. I hate the way it's spelled. I don't I know. It's it. just the English language. Calm down. Can't, oh, sorry. English. Canna, that's my second language. Cannabitioil, cannabis oil, or CBD is the most... Is a non-psychoaddictive chemical found in marijuana and does not cause intoxication. Non-psychoactive. So what happens is... What happens if a psycho takes it? Oh, oh. never thought of that. Uh, Canada is on the verge of becoming the first major economy to legalize recreational marijuana on October 17th, and shares in cannabis producers have rallied in anticipation. We're taking the show to Canada. Let's go to Canada, Let's dude. Go. Okay, you potheads. Let's move on. The millennials are ditching primary care doctors. I saw this story. Um... It's interesting, especially if, why are you paying all this insurance premiums if you're just a millennial? And although you definitely need some emergency room stuff, just in case you have something catastrophic. But let's see, let's read the story. First, they came for chain restaurants and golf. Now millennials are turning their backs on another old institution, primary care. Younger patients are increasingly turning away from primary care doctors towards clinics or urgent care centers. The Washington Post reports. In a Kaiser Family Foundation poll, 45% of 18 to 29 year olds didn't have a primary care provider. The number was significantly lower for older respondents, obviously. Oh, man. Get this paper out of my way. Okay. Oh, Waiting man. several days for an appointment when you're sick is not as super attractive to young people. I agree. I've had to use the, the urgent care for my kids and stuff. Absolutely. These trends are more evident among millennials, but not unique to them. I think people's expectations have changed, said the Harvard professor Ativ Metosha to the New York Post. Now people say, that's crazy. Why would I wait that long? They're right. Theoretically, primary care providers are supposed to be the people at the center of your care, keeping tabs on patients' health and helping to coordinate our various needs. But if you're only using health care system when something's acutely wrong, a walk-in clinic might seem more logical and certainly more affordable than an emergency room, which is uh, which used to fill these after-hours needs. The care may not be as good. I believe that. I I went to uh, something. I thought maybe I had a um, strep or something where it might be contagious, so I was a little yeah. nervous. So I went to get checked out. We're going to give you a test for mono. I was like, I'm not a 15 year old boy. You're not testing me for mono. You're right. Not, I just right. want to jack up my bill. Right. I was like, take control. Are you sure? Because we. Then I found the, the person running the urgent care I went to was like a nurse practitioner. There was not even a doctor there. Right. It's just yeah. There's another one to take for the kids. It's good, but it's just it's it's a little weird. If you you're going for a sinus infection, if you're going for maybe the flu, the cold, any of that stuff, I'm not going to my primary if I don't have to. Like I won't. I I do because it's my insurance, but. If you're one of those people, if you're like 18 to 24 or 30 or whatever it is, and you just want to run in when you have something wrong, do it. Well, here's the problem. In a recent study, almost half the people treated for a simple cold or flu at an urgent care clinic left with an unnecessary and potentially harmful prescription for antibiotics, compared with there's 17% of those treated by a primary care doctor. All right. So they're quick with the drugs. Oh, your kid's sick here. Benadryl, Benadryl. All right. Let me just explain this to you, though. You go to your primary care doctor, your appointment's at 1, they see you at 2.30. That really, really ticks me off. Yeah. Because you know what? Don't do that. My time is as valuable as yours. I don't care. If you're in an emergency, say they're in an emergency right. situation, my vet, I went to my they're vet. At, they're at lunch. They came out and went, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. He had to go to emergency surgery that somebody was attacked by a dog, blah, blah, blah. And I le- they t- gave us the option. Would you like to wait or would you want to go? But when you're at the doctors, they don't give you the option. You just sit there like a dummy waiting forever. That's it. Everybody go to urgent care. Get your drugs and just get just live the rest of your life high. Yes. Okay. No. We s- oh, I thought we solved the problem there. 
This month, many people are giving up alcohol for 31 days. Are you one of them, Karen? Actually, I haven't drank wine for three weeks. Come on. I was having problems with uh, acidy stomach, and I started eliminating a bunch of stuff, and wine was one of them. It's a campaign called Sober for October. Karen, are you sober for October? I'm never going to be sober again. You're never going to be sober again? (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're never going to dance again? Never. Guilty feet have no rhythm? Yes. Okay. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Following a global report this year that there is no safe amount of alcohol, more people are trying to cut back on booze. Here's what happens to your mind and body when you stop drinking alcohol, according to a doctor. Fiona Sim, a former GP and medical advisor for DrinkAware, told the Evening Standard, giving up alcohol for a month can have some notable, noticeable impacts on your health and body. That's what you just told us, right? Yeah. You, so mm-hmm. you notice a difference because you were, you were the queen of wine. I do. I drink. I did drink a glass of wine every night. And now you're done? No. I just, my stomach was having problems. So, well, I'm, I'm going to go back to it. No, you're not. I love it. No. Yeah, please. No. Oh. Have some cannabis oil. Okay. Right. Your blood pressure might reduce. Your sleep pattern and quality. Have you have you noticed any difference Nothing. in your sleep? Zero. You're still a wacky sleeper. Yeah, I just had one glass uh, of wine. Oh. Uh. Also, maybe positive effects may not be obvious for a very heavy drinker, as they may experience withdrawal systems like shaking, headaches, and nausea. Has that happened to you, Karen? I'm not a heavy drinker. <laughs> you know, denial is the first sign. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I do not like you, Sam. I am. <laughs> Uh, yeah, cut down slowly and steadily until you reach the low-risk drinking guidelines or stop completely. Uh, yeah, I'm not much of a drinker. Did you ever drink? Were you ever a drinker? You know, when I was younger, socially and stuff. But I, I was never one, to, like, when I lived alone, to buy a case of beer in my house. and be like, let me watch the game. You know, I wasn't one of those guys. No? I drink socially. No. You get high? High on what? Candidates. I had a cookie once. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched Bruce Bigelow and Male Jiggle. It was really funny. Um, all right, so, you know, hey. Be careful with the weed. Be careful with the alcohol. Just you know, make some smart choices out there. Yeah. We love you. All right, let's move on. If you're married and a millennial, then congrats are in order. But if you're not a millennial and you're married, then you should get divorced. <laughs> get out. <laughs> get out. Chances your relationship will last longer than your parents. Oh, well, that's not saying much. Come from the divorce. Uh, between 2008 and 2016, the divorce rate in the U.S. fell by 18%. That's a lot. Wow. You know what? It's too expensive to get divorced. Let's be honest here. I'm going to talk about the better relationships. Why? It's not that expensive. It's too expensive. I've done it twice. It's not that bad. I'm talking about people who are locked in their relationship with kids and house and mortgage and cars. That was me. That was me. That was me. All right. It wasn't that bad. Really? Yeah. How many hours a week were you working? A lot. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) And your kids, they hate you. Okay. I'm just kidding. They don't hate you. They love you. All right. The other put it down partly to people being born between 1980 and the mid-90s getting divorced at a lower rate than their baby boomer parents. Marriages become more selective and more stable, even as attitudes towards divorce are becoming more permissive. Interesting. Millennials are three times less likely to marry than their grandparents, but those who do tie the knot appear to be staying together. You know what I did read? I read further into this because I looked it up mm, on another you? site just to see. Mm-hmm. What they were saying was, A, they don't get married as much. But here was one of the things that I thought was kind of incredible. Selective. Like, they are more selective of who they marry because they don't have the pressure of, oh, you're getting old, you have to get married. But what about online? You have all these more choices, too. Exactly. People. That was part of the selectiveness. Like, they mm. could go online and select from many different, you know, groups of people. Mm-hmm. So, it's not like you went to high school. You, high school, sweetheart, getting yeah, married. Yeah, you and Jack Bob what went to high in, school and got what married. What are your intentions with my baby girl? Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> He's so, he so loves that show. Ozark. Yeah, if you haven't yeah. seen it on Netflix, it's great. The guy says, hey, baby girl. All right. Um, so we talked about that. And then we have um, got a, yet another hurricane. And what I read was if, if um, we don't do something about climate change, this is gonna, like, these hurricanes and things are, and floods and everything are going to just wipe us out. 
I'm going to live on the top of a mountain in Montana. My brother, Michael. With an eagle. Pet yeah, eagle. With an eagle. My Edgar. brother, Michael, lives in the Panhandle. He actually lives in Panama City, and he's in the hurricane right now, and it's Hurricane Michael. But he's the one, we talked about it last week or the week before, about has that storm pod pod that you get into, the storm thing. You climb into it and close it up, and it has water and stuff in it. I, I just, again, I couldn't do it. You know, I'm claustrophobic to begin with. Mm. But I don't, he didn't evacuate, my mother said. She got a text from him last night. They're sticking it out. They have a storm pod. Is that kids or anything? Well, his daughter's 20 or 21. Oh, really? Yeah. And his son lives in California. Oh, they're fine. Okay. Everybody yeah. in the pod right now. Everybody get in the get pod. pod. <laughs> Come on, baby girl, get in the pod. Oh, my oh. God. Shut up with that. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's scary, though. Like, all these, like, constant. Category 3 major storm. It's going to be a monstrous hit. Florida. Florida's been getting hit a lot. A lot. It's, um, um, I'm not moving to Florida. No. Michael's now packing winds of 120 miles an hour. Aimed for the Florida Panhandle. Um, which is, um, well, guys, if you don't know what the Florida Panhandle is, I can't help you. Get a map. <laughs> Go to Google. Do <laughs> Off something. Off the Gulf of yeah. Mexico. Oh, my gosh. It's the top of Florida uh, all the way. Um, if you're looking, it's on the west side of Florida on the top. Yes. Yeah. Hurricane Michael is a monstrous storm, and the forecast keeps getting more dangerous. Um, they've activated 2,500 members of the National Guard. It's, it poses a deadly threat. Anyone who's in that area, you got to get out. I think it's already, was it hitting today? It's hitting today, yes. Oh. If they decide to stay, there will be a point where we can't go get them. Uh, we will shut down operations at a certain point. When we do that, they're on their own. Be safe and leave. That's um, we've talked about it. God, we've how many times have we talked about this? This is constant. Indonesia just year. got wiped out, right? There's like yeah, really bad. But theirs was a tsunami, right? I don't care what it is. It's bad. Yeah, it is bad. And you, you know call what? Call whatever you want. People so. used to say, "Oh, there's never earthquakes or or hurricanes in New Jersey." Yeah, there are. They're all over the world. I mean, we may not get hit like these people get hit, but we absolutely do get hit. Oh, yeah. It was her, I was here for Superstorm Sandy. Absolutely. They, it was so much going on, they couldn't even tell you what it was. It was right. a superstorm. Super like they made up storm. a new thing. They were saying it was, um, what is that, trivecta of storms? They were saying it was the biggest storm ever, the perfect storm. That's yeah. what they kept calling it, the uh, perfect storm. I expected George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg to be like <laughs> coming down the Hudson <laughs> River to save me. Yeah. In the meantime, everybody be safe. Like, if you know, the, first of all, the thing about Michael is, according to my brother and my mom who spoke to him, they didn't get the prep that they had for the last storm, that the one that just hit Georgia. They didn't have like 10 days prep. This is like two days. It's tropical depression. Then boom, it spins into this hurricane. And they're like, okay, everybody out, everybody out, everybody out. My brother said people were out of gas stations were out of gas the wow. minute they heard that it was coming. Like, people were just, like, filling up, filling up, filling up. So they didn't get the pre-warning. If you're getting a pre-warning, a storm's coming, by God, listen to it and, and pay attention to what's happening. Or make sure you have a rowboat or something. Yeah, because you put a lot of people in danger. Look at all these people that yeah, go out there to try you. to save you. I mean, just be smart about it. And be prepared. We have flashlights. We have canned goods. We have a few things. And we just live in New Jersey. But Better safe than sorry, right? Right, right, mm -hmm. right. <laughs> all right, yeah. Be safe out there. That's really scary. It is. Um, that's all we have for headlines and headlines. Do we have today. any mail today? Do we have mail today? Oh, let me see. Let me shuffle my papers. Oh, we do have an email. Mails in. Dear oneself, mother. I am a forty-nine-year-old woman who needs some advice. I am recently divorced. I have three children, boys between the ages of fourteen and sixteen, and which I must now co-parent in my house, and house on mainly one income, my own. You see, my husband of 20 years has decided he needs more out of life. So he had an affair and quit his salary job to become an entrepreneur. Don't get me wrong. Joe loves the boys and there is uh, for them on the, he's there for them on the days he has them. But 
He doesn't do or pay for anything more than he is required to by law. He said he doesn't have the money, and sadly, I believe him. Joe is 51, and one day, 10 months ago, he sat me down and told me he wanted to live his life. He told me he met a woman in his career field that made him feel alive again, and he was leaving me and us for her and her daughter, and that he was going to start his own business. I must be honest, I was, and I still am, in complete shock. Say what you will about seeing the signs. I did not, and apparently neither did anyone else. Friends and family were shocked, and I've asked most of them all if they saw this coming, to which everyone says, no, no way. It appears that Joe was very good at hiding his feelings and his plans as well as his love affair. This unbelievable bombshell dropped by Joe has changed the course of life for me, my children, and our families in one fell swoop. I seriously feel like my world has been torn apart, my heart has stopped, and I don't know how, why, or what to do. Now my question. I continued up my career as a computer analyst for a large company in Chicago following a four-month maternity leave after our first son was born. However, after the twins came, I did not. Joe got transferred when I was seven months pregnant, and our oldest son wasn't even two years old when we changed cities, and the twins were born. There we were in a new house, in a new city, and Joe was in a new position. At that time, we felt it was best for the boys, as well as financially, for me to stay home. So I have not had a job that is more than a second income and a, pla and a place to go to after the boys were all in school for 10 years. I have no current job experience and no current skills. I can't afford to go back to school because Joe is building a business, and his child support and alimony barely cover the mortgage and household expenses. Every interview I go to, I feel like a fool because I don't have the skill or current computer knowledge, computer knowledge to compete with people in their 20s and 30s who are far more advanced than me or are changing companies looking for advancement. For the love of God, in three and a half months I turned 50. Then what? Time is ticking away on any chance I have to find a good paying job. I am growing older and I have nothing new to offer. I am getting desperate. What do you suggest? Wow, that's really tough. And you know what the weird thing is? I started looking at statistics just for the heck of it, just to see what's going on in the workplace. And there are so many people coming into the workplace that are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, women with children that have been out of the workplace for a really long time. And they are competing with people in their 20s and 30s coming out of college. It's a, their, their skills are not you know, is honed or up to date. And it's becoming a real crisis because when divorce happens, it happens to the whole family and the friends and everything around you. So I feel bad for her. Like I can't even, I wanted to say when, when you're reading this, I'm thinking in my mind, okay, go back to school. And then she says, well, she can't, she can't go back to school. She can't afford it. Joe's building his business. I was thinking at least find some certifications. You can get something short term. Like she's got to do something. She's she's in a desperate mode. Like she gets reach out to her family, get some help from her family. Right. You know, her kids are older, old enough where they can be a little self sufficient too. Right. So she's gonna have to make some time or figure out something if she wants to stay in that field or figure out what else she's interested in and what she has to offer and try something new. That's what I was thinking. Maybe a temp agency. Like maybe there's a temp agency that would have something comparable to what you did do or maybe a skill that you have that you don't realize there's a need for. Invent, what is it? Invention is the mother of necessity. So yeah. you got to figure necessity it out. Necessity is the mother the of invention. invention. Yeah, strike that, reverse it. Yeah. Willy Wonka. But um, yeah, it, it's a tough situation. And, and, you know, what her husband did and everything is... The, the problem with that is that he he she he blindsided her. He never had a conversation. Like he's just building up this. I feel like he just fell for some younger girl. I think that's what happened. I don't I don't think he he had. I don't think his life was bad necessarily, or or maybe he's going through emotions a little bit, like people do sometimes. But he just met some woman, and that was it. Yeah, and it changed the whole structure of his life, and, and that changed everybody's life. You know the what? Thing is, he's got this whole euphoric state going, and that doesn't, yeah, maybe it'll work out, but it doesn't always last. Um, and just. 
I don't know. It's a, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing. It's a it's a very tough thing when yeah. when one person has a midlife crisis. I've got I've been some through something similar to this. To be completely honest, one person has a a midlife crisis. You're blindsided and knew it. I didn't see the signs. She said she didn't see the signs. My friends didn't see the signs. Her friends didn't see the signs. I believe that you don't know what's going on in somebody's head all the time. I think it's a it's a um, I think it's a it's more about the other woman than how he felt beforehand. Yeah, it's making it feel like because he got that f- alive new feeling that he didn't hasn't had. Oh in a while. yeah, he did say I want to be alive. Yeah. Right, you know he got that whole new euphoria. Right. It's like a dr- it's like a drug. Right, right, and, right. You know, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a shame, and I I hope his business takes off so maybe he can help out and take care of the kids a little more. I do too. You know, they got to go to school and everything. Hopefully, and it sounds like they're okay. Like it sounds like they're in, on talking terms at least. Right. But in the meantime, for you, like the only two things that we can suggest is. A, a temp agency, maybe they have something that you didn't know you were really good at. Seth says maybe some kind of certification online, maybe she could do it something. at night. Well, she's, she was in computers, so I imagine she can, there's something that she can, like she has that skill set already. I'm sure she can, it's a matter of just keeping up, right? I think if she finds something that she can, maybe, you know, get in, get in somewhere with something that you know, even if you're starting down and, and just trying to work your way it's up. It's so weird to say that if you're out of, it's never, don't, get, age, off, get off the age thing. Right, if you're right, going right. to look at yourself like that, it's it's you're just you're making it a negative. Right. You know what? What's the positive of your age? Look at life you're, experience. You're bringing, you've raised right. a family. You have work experience. Right. You're hungry. Right. You know, right. literally. So mm-hmm. yeah, don't look. Don't stop. The negativity doesn't work. Right. It just doesn't. Exactly. I've been through that recently. It's like I, you, you, you're just beating yourself up yeah, and making just, it worse. Yeah, you're just going, going through this with your job and finding yeah. your new job. So, yeah. yeah. You just got to stay positive and keep moving. Yeah. And it, it's easy to get in your own head and go, oh, well, it's my age. It's the, I'm, yep. I'm too tall. I'm too short. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. Blah, 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 blah. No, no. You just got to stay positive and keep trying until you find the right fit, I think. Yeah. And just, yeah. They're going to ask you, why should we hire you? Because I'm awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a quick learner. Be your own cheerleader, right? I, I, I have plenty of management experience. I raised three boys, you know. Right. So, yeah, you know, turn it. It's all the way your mind, your mindset. Yeah, spin it to you, not spin it out. That's great. That's actually really good advice, Seth. Because uh, I, I understand how she feels. Everybody feels that way sometimes. No doubt. So anyway, today's mother says is, and before I say, it, I want to say thank you so very much to Joy Altamir for being here. You are a great guest and. You are a very smart woman, and we wish you continued success in everything that you do. Amen. So today's mother says is, I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Ha <laughs> ha, not wacky. I didn't do that because of that. I just, that, I have them lined up, and that's, that's what it was. Perfect. I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you all soon. Take care. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>